Okay, Masechet Sukkah, we're at the top of 10b, and we're going to do 10b and 11. We begin with a story. Uh, the Mishnah that we just, were, we just studied talked about a sheet, that you cannot use a sheet for sechach, uh, and you cannot have a sheet on top or under if it's there for protection from sun or from leaves. What's wrong with a sheet? Um, it is a kli, it's a vessel. You can't use anything that's a vessel. The way the Mishnah, the next Mishnah is going to say it is, it's davan mekabel tum'ah, it's something that can receive tum'ah. It doesn't matter if it's actually tameh or not. Uh, it's in the category of something that can become tameh if it touches something tameh. What is that? Something that is uh, man-made, made into a bowl, or a, a, a shirt, uh, a sheet, right? Anything like that because it's processed, manufactured. Uh, it has to be made out of natural materials, uh, which is gets into halakha lemaaseh. You know, can you buy like a floor mat that is made out of reeds? Um, for azchach, there's the problem with it because it's made as a kli, right? A, a floor mat. So uh, potentially that, that might not be good. So you have to get something that is, uh, that is not made for uh, any, other, any specific usage. Otherwise, it's mekabel tumah. So now we begin with a story. Fruit is also mekabel tumah. That's correct. So you cannot use fruit. You can, uh, fruit is nice decoration, but if it's uh, all made out of fruit, even though it grows from the ground and it's cut, right, which that's the other uh, uh, criteria, but it is mekabel tumah. It's something, it's, it's useful when, it wet, when it's wet. Uh, if it became wet. So you cannot use fruit as, that's right. So that would be the problem with the Samaritan sukkah as well. Okay, so here we start with a story about a shirt. Minyamin Abdeh de Rav Asheh. That's his name. Uh, the slave was uh, Minyamin, uh, the servant of Rav Asheh. His shirt got wet. And he put it on top of the sukkah to dry in the sun. That's reasonable. So Rav Asher, his master said, take it, or take it away so that people won't say that you are allowed to make us make schach with something that is mekabel tum'ah. Um, I guess he was Evid Kena'ani, uh, who, or maybe Evid Ivri. He's Evid Ivri, probably. Um, anyway, he's... Jewish, and he uh, he's required in sukkah, and so he says, take it away, or maybe he's looking. He's it's his sukkah. It's actually Rav Asher's sukkah. So if you have that shirt up there, people are going to walk by and say, oh look, Rav Asher uses a shirt up for sechach. I guess you're allowed to use vessels uh, for sechach, and they'll get the wrong idea. So please take it down. So now the Gemara asks, well, hold on, people, everybody will see that it's wet. And they'll know it's up there to dry. No one will think that you're putting it up there as chach. So the answer to that is, So Rav Asher answers, answers the servant. I mean, once it gets dry, then it won't be wet anymore. And then it won't be evident that it, you only put it up there because of, uh, in, order, in order to dry. And people then will think that it is a problem. Uh, so therefore, take it down. Um, okay, so that's a good story, and this would be a, not a problem of Deoraita, because I assume they're not actually sitting in it when, the, when it's there, but a problem of Marit Ayin, uh, so people should not even think that it is a problem. Okay, now, Itemar, this is a very important halacha, halacha lemase, um, uh, decorations that are far from the sechach, Four tefachim. In other words, they're hanging down low. Uh, four tefachim, about a foot, right? So sometimes your kids make, uh, you know, those lanterns out of paper and things like that. Uh, or maybe fruit gourds hanging down. So if they hangs down more than a foot below the bottom of the schach, that's the case we're talking about. Rav Nachman Amar Keshera. So it's okay, right? It doesn't matter. It's decoration. And all decorations are just considered part of the schach. You could sit under, uh, under it. It's, it's fine. They say, no, it is no good. It becomes a sach pasul. Right? Look, remember these names. This is Rav Chista. He's the one that's machmir. And Rabah bar Rav Huna. So according to that, you should not, um, and that is the halakha lemaseh, is, is like them. If you have a decoration that is very close uh, to it, or uh, a light bulb, or things like that, if it's very close within a foot of the sachach, then it's fine. It just combines with it, and you can't have most of the you, uh, most cousin. Uh, but um, 
uh, you can sit under under that, right? But if it's hanging down further, it is chach pasul. It doesn't make the whole whole sukkah pasul. It's only a small a small portion. It's only a little bit. Um, but you can't shouldn't sit directly under that uh, item. Okay, good. Now we have a fantastic story. Um, there's a, a lot going on in the story. It's very short. There's a lot of p- politics and uh, interpersonal dynamics. <laughs> Pay attention. So these are the two sages that said pistula just, just before uh, with regard to low-hanging fruit. Okay, I have a good title now. They once went on Sukkot to visit the Exilot, the Reshkaluta. He's the head of the community in Bavel, very powerful person. He collects the taxes from the whole Jewish community and is the liaison to the Persian government. So very important. He's he's Jewish, yes. Um, Oftentimes he was a a, a rabbi and learned. Um, Other times... Uh, there was some tension between the rabbis and him because he wasn't necessarily the most learned. And so there, you know, you can imagine all the different uh, possibilities. Uh, so Rav Nachman was in charge in the house of the Resh Galuta. Who's Rav Nachman? Yes, he's the one that said that low-hanging decorations are permitted. So now he has these guests coming over and they're staying over to, in their visit to Resh Galuta. And he um, put them in a sukkah that had fruit hanging lower than four tefachim, which is uh, not such a nice thing to do, right? I mean, he knows that they would have a problem with it. Um, so why is he doing that? The two guests, Rav Chista and Rabbah, they were quiet. They didn't say anything. They don't want to complain because you don't want to start tension uh, with the Resh Galuta, right? Oh, your sukkah is not good enough for me. You can understand why they would not want to raise trouble. So they slept in, the, in that sukkah and ate in that sukkah without saying anything, even though they thought it was a problem. So Rav Nachman now gives the dig, right? Oh, I guess you changed your mind. See, you're sitting and eating here and you're not complaining. Now he knows he put them into an uncomfortable situation because they really can't complain that Eshkaluta will, uh, you know, he could take away their positions. He could, uh, he could do anything. Um, so, I, so I guess you changed your mind. You agree with me now, right? They say, oh, no, we are, we are on, a, on a mission here. We're here on business, right? We're here uh, as a shaliach mitzvah. Mitzvah, they came to whatever, collect money for a charity or whatever they're there for. And so therefore, patur That's why we didn't complain. We could, we, would, we could sleep outside. We could eat in the house. It really doesn't matter. We don't, we're not considering your sukkah to be a kosher sukkah. So it's a good, <laughs> it's a good dig back, right? That uh, they didn't complain and they, had a, they found a, a loophole uh, by which they wouldn't have to uh, agree with uh, Rav Nachman's uh, um, difficulty, difficult position that he put them in. Um, so you can sense the tension between Rav Nachman and Rav Chista, right? Um, uh, this, I think, is uh, somewhat unusual, especially in Bavel. Uh, most other stories, I have a chapter in my dissertation book about this, of rabbis visiting each other in different cities. Usually, when a rabbi goes to another city, they're accommodating. The host, okay, you know, what do you do in your place? Usually, the, the visitor will accommodate, be right, be gracious to the, to, to the host. Oh, this is what you do in your place, right. even if they disagree. Um, but... Uh, um, uh, you could sense here that uh, there were, you know, <laughs> I think especially with this, with this uh, dig, oh, I guess you, I guess you changed your mind, right? Um, that he was somehow putting, uh, doing it on purpose, um, like kind of forcing him to, uh, to agree with, Rav Nachman was forcing them to agree with his own opinion, but they have a good comeback. Okay, fantastic story. Next, Amar Amar Shemuel. Okay, I want to show you the outline of what we're going to see, be seeing next. Um, this is... Um, the, we're going to see uh, topic one is going to be can- canopy beds in the sukkah, and later on we're going to talk about talk about making it actively, actually making the sukkah, and not that it's made on its own. So regarding the canopy beds in the sukkah, we're going to have three opinions, uh, two of that, two versions of what Shemuel said. We're going to see an ikad Amre. Uh, so it's actually good that we're learning 10B together with 11A because it all goes straight through. So Shemuel number one says if it's a temporary canopy. 
and it's not um, a tent, a t- sorry, so temporary canopy is not considered a tent if it's less than 10 tefakhim. So we're talking about the canopy pad in the sukkah. So great, you're in the sukkah, but you can't make a tent in the sukkah because if you're sitting in a tent in the sukkah, then you're this pasul, you're not actually in the sukkah. So if it is a canopy bed and um, it's less than 10 tefakhim, so it's just a short thing. So that's not considered a tent. Uh, that's going to be version number one. Version number two of Shemuel's statement is going to be that a temporary canopy is not a tent if it has no flat roof, right? If it's just like this, like it comes up like a teep, like a tent or a teepee, then it's okay. So that's the two different versions. Um, and then we're going to end off with Rabah Barab Huna, who actually includes both kulot. Uh, temporary canopy is not considered a tent, even if it's higher than 10, and if, or even if it has a flat roof. Right, so whereas the number one says it has to be less than 10 to but it can have a flat roof. Number two says um, it can have a flat roof, but it can be higher than 10, right? And he says, no, it can have both. It's still, it's a temporary canopy and therefore it's not considered a, an actual tent. Okay, so let's see this inside. Amar Rabbi Yudamar Shemuel, mutar lishon bekila basuka. Kila is some kind of netting you'd put on top of your bed. You're allowed to sleep in a bed like that. Even if it has a flat section, that's okay. But one condition has to be lower than 10. If it's higher than 10, then it's no good, no matter what. Okay, so that's his statement. So um, he's, uh, that's, that's our condition, it has to be less than 10. Now we're going to challenge it from a couple of sources. Tashema, hayashin bikila basuka, lo Brata says exactly the opposite, that if you sit under netting, it's not okay. That's talking about netting that is higher than 10. Shemuel is talking about lower than 10. Very good. So this applies. Now a question from a Mishnah in Sukkah. Someone who sleeps under a bed. Why would you sleep under the bed, not on top of the bed? Probably for protection, whatever it is. Uh, um, I mean, if it's raining, you don't have to be there. But okay, you get some protection under the bed. No, no good because the bed itself, the top of the bed is a, uh, is a tent. So, um, so that's the question. But the beds, usually their beds were less than that less than uh, ten tefachim. Our beds also, right? It was less than three feet from the from from the floor. So what's the problem? Shemuel said, "No, that Mishnah. He already said that Mishnah must be talking about a bed that's higher. That the, the airspace under the bed is more than ten tefachim, and that's why it's no good. But you're right. If it was lower, it'll be okay. That fits again with our uh, with uh, his thesis. Tashema also in the Mishnah." Says, if you put a canopy over four, a kinofot is um, a frame with four posts. And this is no good. So four posts, and right, this would seem to contradict Shemuel. Same answer. That's talking about four posts that are tall, that are tentavachim tall, and that's why it's no good. But if it was less, then it would be okay. But now we're going to quote a Braita that comments on that Mishnah that we just mentioned. And in this Braita, it's evident that you cannot be talking about uh, posts that are more than 10 tefachim. Let's see, let's read the Braita. This is just the definition. Naklitin means something that has two posts. Here's a picture on the bottom of the page, right? Naklitin has two posts. And kinofot is something that has four posts. So the benefit of naklitin, it has no roof. Okay, so that's the definition of them. Now, peras al gabe kinofot pesula. If you put a, a, a sheet on top of four posts, then the and you sleep there, it's no good, right? It undoes. You're not in the schach anymore because you're in your own tent. Al gabe naklitin keshira. If you put it over two posts, it's okay because there's no roof. Even if it's like netting, you know, like I'm thinking like a mosquito netting versus a sheet. Right. It, it doesn't. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because of because of lavud. As long as it doesn't have really big holes in it, right? That are more than uh, three tefachim. Here's the key line: as long it's a, it's kasher, as long as that those naklitin, the that's the two posts, are not higher than uh, than the bed than the bed ten tefachim, which means even the two posts have to be lower than ten tefachim. Okay, now applying that condition to the other case, that means the four posts are pasul, even if it's less than 10. 
Okay, so that is a question on Shemuel. Here, Shemuel, you were saying that as long as it's less than 10, it's considered, a, not, it's not considered a tent. And here, from this Baraita, it's evident that even if it's less than 10, if it's two posts, that's fine, because there's no roof. But if it's four posts, less than 10, it's pasul. How are you going to answer that? His answer is, Shana kinofot kinofot. This bed, this canopy bed, is a permanent bed. You leave it there all the time. And so, therefore, it's, that's pasul. But when we, we were talking about this netting, that's t- a temporary thing. You put it on, you take it off. And that, that makes a difference. So therefore, according to him, if it's a permanent structure, even less than 10 is going to be a problem, but a temporary structure would be okay. And last question about Shemuel in this version. Remember the case of a double-decker sukkah? And uh, that is permanent. You don't leave it there all year. It's permanent in the sense that it's, it's not flimsy. It's, uh, you leave it for a few, you know, for seven days. It's not like this uh, netting that you just take on and off. So that's considered permanent. And yet, Shemuel said, and just like you make a kosher sukkah, so too, the sukkah on top has to be 10 in order for the lower one to be no good. So that means, according to that, that the, if the upper one is less than 10, even though it's a permanent structure, it's not considered a tent. Because, right, if it's less than 10, then the, one, the sukkah on the bottom is okay. And that contradicts what you just said, that if it's a permanent structure, and it's less than 10, then it is a tent, and it's no good. So this is how we're going to solve that. That over there, there you were, you were trying to undo, to disqualify the lower sukkah. So to disqualify, then we're more lenient, and yes, you need a full 10. But here, it's about making an ohel, it's the bed on the floor, and when does it become an ohel? If it's a permanent structure, then even less than 10. Um, I think there's a, a, um, a significant difference between the two cases, which is that the one with the canopy has a sheet on it, which is totally pasul, right? and the sukkah on top of a sukkah has sakach on top. So when it's less than 10, um, I think you can add another, maybe this is what he means, uh, when it's less than 10, that sakach is sakach kasher, and it's close to the other sakach. So you can kind of consider it all one. Only once it becomes tentafachim high, then it's its own entity, and then it makes the bottom one pasul, right? But the one, the, the canopy bed made, made, made out of a sheet, right, is no good. And then if it's a permanent structure, and no matter how big it is, then that is going to be a tent. Um, okay, so all that is version number one of Shemuel. And now... Um, Oh, no, not yet. We saw more. Okay. Amar Rav Tachlifa bar Avimi Amar Shemuel. Hayashen bekila arum. Mosi rosho chutz lakila vekorek riyat shema. Okay, this is now a tangent, the same, uh, same case, but this now it's applying it to reading Kiryat Shema. When, when, when someone reads Kiryat Shema, um, they're, 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 their body, their privates have to be covered. It's not respectful otherwise. So if you're wearing clothing, that's fine. If you're in a bed uh, without clothes on, then the bedding, right? The sheet, as long as the sheet is on top of your body and your head is sticking out, so it's in a separate area and uh, it's covered, you can say Shema that way, that's fine. Um, but it has to be something like that. It's not sufficient if you're, let's say you're in a house without clothes on and you stick your head out the window. So your head is in a different domain. That's no good, right? That's still not enough of a separation. You actually have to be covered. So here we're going to apply that to this kila. You're in a can, this kind of canopy bed and with this netting on top, it's not like a sheet that's touching you. It's a little bit above and your head is outside. Outside Is that considered like, uh, like bedding? and therefore you're covered? Or is it like a house? Well, if it's an ohel, that's more like a house. And then sticking your head out is not sufficient. So, so let's see, Shemuel says, um, if you take, if you, uh, you can stick your head out and read Kiryat Shema, that means he's not considering it a tent. He's considering the netting like, um, like a bedsheet. And so that makes, that fits with what he said before that you are allowed to sleep in it as in a, as a, in a sukkah because it's not a tent. So this fits. Now we're going to challenge this statement of Shemuel. Okay, this Barata says the opposite. If you are living, uh, if you're in, a, in this kila, in this bedding, um, without clothes on, it's not sufficient to stick your head out because it's like a tent. 
and you, attend, you, you have to have clothes on. It's not enough to just stick your head out of, out of a window. So, same answer as we said before. If it's 10 or higher, then it's considered a tent. If it's lower, then it's considered like bedding. And you know what? This answer, we didn't just make it up on, on the fly. It really makes sense in the language of the Braita. Continuation says this case of, uh, of uh, in this canopy bed is similar to standing in a house naked that it's not sufficient to stick your head out the window and say Shema because you can still, your, your privates are still uncovered. Um, so you see that we're, obviously we're talking about a kila, some kind of canopy that is in fact higher than tent vachim and is considered its own tent. And that is the reason. But if it's lower, then it's like your, then it's like a bed sheet. mina. So we accept that answer. Okay, um, another, one more point about that. Ubayit na me afapisha en gavoa, now we're on 11a. By the way, a house, even if it's a very low house, less than 10 tefachim, uh, it's still, because it's permanent, it is considered a, uh, a, uh, um, a tent, because it's not going to be worse than the kinof, than kinofot, the four post bed, that also, because it's permanent, uh, it's less than four. So the conclusion of this lishana is that um, anything that is less than four, anything permanent is no good. But if it's not permanent and it's less than four, less than 10, then it's, um, if it's not permanent, less than 10, then it's considered not a tent and you can, right? And, and anything higher or if it's permanent is, uh, is no good. Okay, now Lishana Khalina, this is now the second version of Shemuel. Amrila, Amara Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, Mutal Lishon Bikilat Khatanim, Basuka, the Fisha and Lagag, Afapisha Geboha Asara. So it's again, it's a leniency, but a little bit different. So this is called a Kilat Khatanim. They would make a canopy bed for, for a bride. Uh, seems that, and this was a temporary structure, which was used for uh, seven days when they had their Sheva Berachot. And it looked like, um, it, there's two opinions, either like Rashi says like like this, like, um, like the two post bed, another, um, that's Tosafot, Rashi says it looks like this, it's a bed, but it has, it has many roofs, but each one is, uh, comes to a point. Uh, so there's just a lot of points, but it's the same, same, same idea, same point, uh, right? It doesn't have a flat section of the roof. Um, so all this is permitted because there's no roof. There's no flat part of the roof. Even if it's higher than Tentefachim. So this is the opposite of the, what we just said before, that the main thing you were looking for is uh, no flat roof. That's okay. Ten, higher than 10 is fine. Higher than 10 is fine as long as there's no flat roof. Right, the flatness of the roof is going to make it a problem, even if it's lower than ten. Now we're going to ask a couple of questions on that. The same baraita that we said before, right? Sitting in the, in the sukkah is no good, which means it is ohel. So that's talking about a kila that has a flat roof, and um, that's why it's a problem. Shemuel was, was was not talking about that. Tashema naklitin. Here's the long baraita that we mentioned before. Uh, definition, naklitin means two post, kinafot means four post, peras agabe kinafot pesula, if you put a sheet over the kinafot of four posts, it's no good. Abe naklitin over only two posts, keshera, that's fine. As long as, in the case of naklitin, it's only good if it's lower than ten tefachim. So it's got to be lower than ten tefachim and have no roof. Ah, pisula. So that means if it's higher than ten, it's no good. Afapisha and lagag, even though there's no roof. This is right. Even if it's just like this, even if it's just one comes to a point, because we're talking about the two posts. So it has no roof, and um, and it's no good. Even less than ten, this contradicts contradicts Shemuel. Same answer as before. No, naklitin are permanent. You leave it, leave it there all the time. So if it's permanent, then there's definitely no good, no matter what. Even if it doesn't, even if it's less than ten, um, uh, um, and has uh, and uh, has even if it has no roof, um, even if it has no roof and more than ten, if it's permanent, it's no good. 
it can be hold on if it's permanent then why don't we say it's like the kinofot that has four no so we're saying compared to this this kila is an in-between compared to a kinofot with four um it's less permanent than that but compared to the two post it's more permanent than that Right, it's uh, the the kila of netting is between those between the two and the four, so its law is between. Okay, so that's the second opinion of Shemuel, and now we have the third one, which is the most lenient. You can go in this netting; it's a temporary type of uh, structure, even if it has a flat section and it's higher than 10. So he takes the kulot of both Lishonot of Shemuel. Keman, kerbi Yehuda, te'amar la'ate'ohel aray umbatel ohel keba titnan namar b'yehuda nohagin hayinu lishon tachat amitah b'fnei hazikenim. And this opinion follows the Tana Rabbi Yehuda, who said that a temporary tent cannot come and invalidate a permanent structure. So, and his example is um, that they would sit, they would lie down, they would sleep under the bed before the elders. And the elders didn't, they didn't have a problem with it because the bed is a temporary structure and sitting on, going under the bed is not, because it's temporary, does not have the power to undo the sukkah, which is a permanent structure. So to here, the temporary bedding, uh, temporary netting that's on it, um, is, uh, is a temporary structure. And therefore, even if it's flat and is higher than 10, is because it's temporary, does not have the power to uh, invalidate the sukkah, which is a permanent structure. So that's his reasoning. Okay, good. So that's his, uh, he follows him. Now the Gemara wonders, how come it doesn't just say, why does it say, um, who said that and gives the principle, why does it have to give the principle, just say it simply, because the says that. So we answer, so we, the reason that we specified the whole rule is because if we just said halachas like Rabbi Yehuda, he only gives one example of being under the bed. So I would have thought maybe his halacha only applies to a bed because a bed is made to be on top of it, right? not under it. So therefore you're using it in an unusual way and uh, that using it that unusual way is not gonna be considered a tent, right? Because under, no one thinks of the un, uh, underside of a bed as a tent. And maybe that's why I said, no, that's just temporary. It's not gonna undo the, the one on top. But if it's talking about a netting, which is made to be under the netting, maybe he wouldn't apply his, that principle. That's why uh, Rabbah, but Rav Huna expressed himself with the full formula to say, even in this case, he, he, he would apply that rule of Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so that is that Mishnah. And now we get to the next one, uh, which is uh, going to be uh, really fascinating, comparing Sukkah to making Sisit, which we did already uh, before. And uh, we're going to see two opinions, um, that of Rav and one of Shemuel. Um, and then we're going to see a, two challenges to Rav. And after that, we're going to, there's serious challenges, but we're going to try to match up Rav and Shemuel to two Tanaim, because if we could do that, then that would actually save, um, save the, the challenges against Rav. Uh, question? Yeah, just to, to finalize. So are we allowed to have netting on a bed in a sukkah or not? Uh, yes, if it's, if, well, halakha lamaseh, does it say the halakha lamaseh on the bottom there? I don't think I, I, I know most people don't really do this. Um, here. I'll check it. I'll check it later. Um, okay. But it seems like it would be the, the last opinion that, yes, if it's temporary structure, then it'll be permitted. Right. Or you can call it a decoration. You can put a pretty thingy, call it a decoration. Well, no, that's no good because it, even the decoration has to be within for within within a foot of the roof, and this bedding would be far away from the from the schach. Ah, okay. Right. 
Okay, Mishnah. Hidla aleha et geven veta delat veta kisom vesikech al gaba pesula. So, if one so trellis these climbing plants, a grapevine, gourd, or ivy, these are all things that, that grow very long, and so they're easy. I mean, truth, it would be true for anything connected to the ground, but these are, these are easy to use as chach, even while they're connected to the ground, and, um, and, uh, and you put them on top. Then it is no good. That's chachas But if you put a lot of kosher sechach, more kosher sechach than these vines, then that's okay. Or if you cut it, that's also okay, right? So that's a good way to fix it. Um, now zeakelal kol shumekabel tuma ve'en gidulom min aretz en mesakechin bo v'chod aban she'eno mekabel tuma ve'gidulom min aretz mesakechin bo. So the two conditions are: if it is mekabel tuma, if it's a vessel, um, doesn't doesn't matter if it's tahor, if it can become tamei, it's no good. Or if it grows, um, uh, or if it doesn't grow from the ground, you cannot use it. So either one of those. So rather, you need both of the following. That has to be something that is not a vessel. It's not. It's not uh, made into something, and it has to be something that grows from the ground. So even if it grows from the ground, let's say it's wood, and you turn it into a ladder, and you put ladders, wooden ladders, on the schach, no good because ladders are a vessel and are mikabel tumah. Okay, we're going to focus a lot on this kitzasan. Can you put the ivy on and then cut it after, right? Um, so. Let's see. So the problem is if you just put put the put the the the, the, the ivy on and then cut it. So then you have you're violating a problem of the Torah says taase. Right, You have to make a sukkah actively, and it can't be lobin haasui. It can't be done um, retroactively on its own. The classic example of this is if you have a, a pile of hay, and you take a shovel and you dig out inside the pile of hay a, 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 a square that you could go in. And so then, right, you just go in there and you have the schach and you have the walls, but you never actually built the walls. And uh, walls don't matter. You never actually put the schach on top. Instead, you dug out uh, um, something under the schach. That is a problem because you never made the sukkah, right? It just ends up being made uh, passively. What about if you have, like, some people I see, like, they have, like, the gazebo and they have the permanent things, but then you put the Good. schach. So that's totally fine because the, the gazebo are just... The gazebo is permanent, right? But that uh, the gazebo is only little; they're all s- small slats. So that that's just holding up the schach. You are putting on the schach, and that's the vast majority of the uh, of the space is the schach. So that's totally fine. Even according to Beit Yes, even though it doesn't have, not have to be lishma, you still have to make it. Right? Whatever you made, you made an animal uh, a tent. You have to make it. And it can't just be something that was just happened to uh, arrive on its own. So Rav here says, If you do that, if you put the ivy on and then you cut it, you have to go back up on the ladder and just push it around, right? Each of the vines, you have to push them around. That's a way of taking it off and putting it back on. You don't have to remove the whole thing. Just push it and that is sufficient. Um, and that would work. Let's say you had a permanent gazebo with, with uh, slats. Uh, you could just push them around and that would be making it. So that's what Rav says. Okay, uh, do not remember this because we're going to now switch it. We're going to say the actual Shemuel says that, not Rav. Rav says the opposite. So um, Rav says Shemuel said this. So um, uh, that's, so Rav Yosef said this to Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, no, you're wrong. Now Rav Yosef answers, did I say Shmuel didn't say this? I just said Rav did, did say this. Doesn't mean that Shmuel didn't say this, right? Just because I quote something in one person's name doesn't mean that no one else ever said that, right? I'm just reporting one, one teacher. Um, okay. Uh, Rav Huna studied with both. Rav Huna studied with Rav and then afterwards studied with Shemuel. He's the main trident of both of them. So, so Rav Yosef said, they both said it, right? I didn't say anything wrong. I don't have to quote everybody. I quoted one person. Rav Huna says, when I challenged you, this is what I meant to say. Only Shemuel said it. 
You quoted in the name of Rav, but Rav did not say it. The Rav Rav would say it's fine if you put the ivy on top and then cut it. You don't have to do anything else. Um, the cutting itself is an act of making it, right? You're making it by cutting it. You know, making it doesn't only mean placing it on top. And he's going to prove it from a story. This story is now with Sisit. Sisit has the same law. It says, You have to make Sisit, and it can't be arrived just on its own. You have to actively make it. What kind of case would that be? If you, let's say tie, you see this picture here? Where you're tying, where you tie it, there's, there's a better picture. Um, yeah, so let's say um, you, you take, uh, you need four, um, four strings and you put them through the hole and then you uh, bend it in half and that's how you get eight, get eight strings. So usually we take four separate strings. But what if you don't do that? You take one long string and you fold it over twice and then you put that through the hole and you tie it. Right. And now but it's all connected one string. And then later you cut the edge, you cut the ends. Um, okay, anyway, you have a picture here. Uh, so here you, you attach so it's really it. One continuous. It's one continuous string, right? And you attach the whole thing uh, and you tie it. And then later the last thing is you cut the you cut the loop and then create four strings. That's no good because you didn't tie. The sisit, when, when you were tying it, it was no good because it was one string. And so only when you cut it, then retroactively, oh, look, the ties are all there. So that is, what's, what do we do with that? Says when that happened, they went to Rav and he said in the name of Rav that by cutting them, that makes them that's their preparation. That's what makes it kosher. So when it says, that means just cutting it. That's sufficient. Doesn't mean, yeah, and even retroactively. Not, or not, it's not retroactively. It's that the tying isn't necessary. You know, the cutting is, is itself making it, right? You, I made it by cutting it. I did the last thing, the last, the last part. It doesn't have to be that the tying is, tying is done. So you see, uh, according to Rav, the cutting can be the step that actually makes it kasher. So just like cutting that loop makes the sisit, so too regarding uh, sukkah, I take the ivy and I put it on the, on the slach while it's connected to the ground. And then I take my shears and cut it. The act of cutting is the making of the sukkah. It's not like the case of the hay that I dug out the hay because there I didn't do anything to the slach. I didn't touch the slach, right? But here I did. I, I cut it from the ground and that made a kasher, right? Um, so that's fine. Um, okay, so that's, so you see, now we prove that Rav is the one that is lenient, that says you can cut it. Shemuel is the one that says, not enough just to cut it. I have to go back up on the ladder and move everything around. Now, wait, does Shemuel is really, really stringent on this? And he says, the cutting is not the making. Rabbi Chiyah was uh, um, between the Tanim and Amoraim. So Shemuel's the first generation. He's quoting Rabbi Chiyah, who had many Baraitot. Um, now he's talking about not tying it, but just placing the threads into the corners of the seat. Let's say you take one really long thread and you put it in one corner and you put it in the second corner. So now you threaded two corners of the, of the talit at the same time. And only later do you cut them. So he said, this is um, kesherin. That's okay. My love, she kosher v'chakach posek. And shouldn't we assume we're talking about a case where you tie all the knots and then you cut it? And that would mean, according to Shemuel, the cutting is the making, right? And we answer, lo, she posek v'chakach kosher. No, he's talking about a case where you, you looped it, you looped it, you threaded it, but then you cut it first. And then only after that did you tie it, right? So in that case, the only reason it's kasher is because you tied it after you cut it. But just the looping is not so important. So the looping can be done at the same time. Um, now, if that's the case, 
that he um, he cut it first and then tied all the all the knots, all the you know the four knots and um, all that. So then my lememna, what is he? Then what's the chidush? Isn't that like he uh, he tied it after? Why do you have to say anything? You might have thought that you need um, you need a, 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 to have each corner separate, even for the threading, even for the looping, um, uh, because it says the pasuk says right, you put it on the kanaf. Maybe each kanaf, each corner has to be done separately. So he's telling you, no, the threading of that hole doesn't is not important. You could do two together and then cut it afterwards. Okay, good. So Shemuel's fine, and now we're going to have uh, two questions. I'm going to just go back to the chart, the uh, outline here. We saw Rav and Shemuel. We're going to see two challenges to Rav, and uh, we're going to really disprove Rav based on the, these two Tanaitic sources. Um, but we're going to try to revive him by saying that there are other Tanaitic sources that can that can help him because it's Machlok uh, Betunav and Shemuel matches up with these two Tanaim. We're going to end up rejecting that, saying not necessarily. They might be saying something completely. They might both Tanaim might be agreeing with Rav. Both Tanaim can agree with agree with Shemuel. Um, okay, so here's challenge one to Rav. Metibe Tilaan velo pasak rashechutin shelahen pesulin. If you put the if you attach the uh, the, um, the, the strings, and you did not cut the loops, it's, it's pasul, it's no good. So this is a challenge to Rav, because Rav says it's okay to cut them after. My love pasulin le'olam, pasul, doesn't that mean permanently pasul? And so that would be a problem for Rav, because Rav would say, um, or just cut them and they'll be okay. But this here says pasul forever. They're pasul for now, until you cut them. Don't leave them like that. They have to be four separate strings, but you can cut them and then they're fine. Okay, so that's possible. Now, Shemuel says, when the Braita says, it makes more sense to read it as Pasul forever. So that's the second vote, right? That is for, forever prohibited. Also, the Matana reported the name of Shemuel, so that's a third vote. It's not really a third vote because it's also the name of Shemuel. So it's really just two traditions in the name of Shemuel, but now at least know for sure that he said that. And so you see, according to that, if you tie it while it's looped, there's no way to ever fix it. Even if you cut it, cutting is not making. Um, uh, but Rav can still interpret it otherwise. Another version of this conversation of Rav Matana's statement is that he didn't say it as a statement, but rather as a story. It happened to me. I made seat and I, I, I forgot to cut it and I tied it and then cut it after, I, I, and I, then I brought it to him. He says, there's no way to fix it without cutting, without cutting it. Right? It says, Even if you cut it, it won't be good. But no good forever. So that is probably, probably, in fact, was in fact a story originally, and then eventually they just transmitted it as a uh, as a simple halacha, like we have in the first version. Okay, so that's question number one. Question number two, Metibe. Tela'an v'acharkach pasak chotin shelahen pesulin. If you put the strings on and then cut the cut the the the, the, the loops, um, it's no good. Ve'od tanya. Right, over here you see this is stronger than the previous barata, because it says here, even if you cut them, it's still pasul. So how's I'm gonna get out of this one? There's actually no way this is gonna be the Tiyuf Ta. So that's question one from Sisit. Now finally, actually we get the whole issue that we're talking about the whole time, that you have to make a sukkah and it cannot be made on uh, something uh, on its own. And from here we learn that if you put all these ivies on it and then pesula, um, uh, uh, right, uh, uh, and, and cut it after, it's no good. So now what case is it talking about? Okay, that second but I thought doesn't say that you cut it. Just as you put ivy on it. That's connected to the ground is pasul. So, what kind of case are we talking about? If you didn't cut it, if you never cut it and it's still connected to the ground, then that's not a problem of ta'asevinu ma'asui. It's a bigger problem that's connected to the ground. Must be talking about a case where you did cut it. Therefore, even if you did cut it, it's still no good, and that is a challenge to Rav. Uh, so Rav can answer the second question from Sukkah. 
asiyah did who? Oh, we're talking about a case where he pulled the branches out of the ground instead of cutting them. So when you pull the branches out of the ground, they're still they're still uh, um, hanging and it's not, it still looks like it's connected to the ground. Unlike when you cut it and then the rest of it falls down and the rest of it's hanging and therefore this is a really a marit ayin problem. That that's what he would say. That in that case, you 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 when you pulled it out of the ground. Technically, it's not connected to the ground, so he should, he should be fine. But he still wants you to cut it nicely so it's clear. This Sikeh al are we ignoring that? Or doesn't that mean that they put Sikeh on top of the lines? He puts some, right, but maybe not enough. Not a majority. Right, not a majority. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it says Pasul, so it has to be not a majority. Because even if you put some kosher Sikeh, it's still no good. Right. So we solved the second question from Tzukah, but we never solved the question from the Braita of Sisit. So we say, um, Nevertheless, the first Braita is still going to be a challenge to Rav. So Kashia, you're right. This is a serious challenge. There's no way to reconcile Rav with that baraita. So we for sure have at least one Tana that says like Shemuel. But maybe it's actually a machloket. The same machloket between Rav and Shemuel matches up with the machloket between two Tanaim. So let's see, what is the machloket Tanaim? Avar velikatan pesula Okay, we're talking about the Hadassim. Uh, the Hadassim have to have leaves on it and um, um, I do have a picture. Give me one second. I just want to reintroduce the picture because I lost it. There you go. Um, here you go. So this is, um, if you have a hadasim, right, the leaves are good. But if you have a lot of berries, too many berries, then it's no good. Okay, so you got to pluck off the berries. So what, the way you want to do this is before the holiday, pluck off the berries. Um, but um, uh, if you do it at, too late, it's a problem. So we're going to talk about eged, which we do today. We take the three, all the, the lulav and all the branches, and we tie them together. Okay, that's, that's important. You have to tie them together. Um, and when you tie them together, they have to be three kosher species at the time that you're tying them together. So if you tie them together with when it has a lot of berries on it and then take the berries off after, you never tie them together, okay? Right. So that's the equivalent case that we're gonna be talking about that you have to make it. And this, in this case, is being made on its own. And we're gonna compare this lulav with a sukkah. So now we're comparing three different things. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Avar velikatan pasul. If you um, transgressed, because you can't do this on Yom Tov, you can't pull out the things. But let's say you did. You pulled off the berries on Yom Tov. The myrtle is pasul. You shouldn't have done it that way. But if you did, the, the hadas will be okay. Now that's the machloket tanaim. What's the, what's the reason behind it? Savruha, tekule alma lulav sarich eged, veelfinan lulav misuka, tichtiv gabesuka tase, velo minha asui. Right now, let's assume that everyone agrees that you need to tie the three together. That itself is a discussion. Maybe you don't need to tie them together. But let's say you do need to tie them together. And we will derive lulav from sukkah. Only regarding sukkah does it say you have to make it. Regarding lulav doesn't say you have to make it. But we're going to compare the two. Um, it's, uh, we're going to see more comparison between love and sukkah. But, so just like sukkah, you have to make it. So to the love, you have to make it actively. And it has to be in a tie. Therefore, uh, they all have to be kosher at the time that you tie it. Because it says, So with that assumption, now we can build the argument that there's a machloket tanaim parallel to Rav and Shemuel. The one who says it's permitted, that was Chachamim, right? Chachamim Machshirin. The man Machshir Sabar, Amrin and Gabe Sukkah, Kesi Satan, Zoya Siatan. Since regarding a Sukkah, they agree with the Rav. They say just cutting it is the way that you make it kosher, uh, is making it. Regarding the love, also taking off the berries 
That is the preparation. So that's fine. You made it by taking off the berries. And the one who says it's no good, that's the B Shimon, Bariho Sadak. He would say, in both cases, it's not good. Just like regarding a sukkah, cutting the ivy is not making the sukkah. So to hear, pulling off the berries of the branch is not making it, and that's why it's not good. So there you go. We can match it up, and therefore Rav can say, I follow the other opinion and not this opinion. So um, there's, that's a, uh, a possible reading, but not a necessary reading. Lo dekula ama lo amdinan gabe Really, we can explain that all Tanaim agree with Shemuel that cutting is not making. What are they arguing about? Do you have to learn Lulav from Sukkah? The one that says it's permitted, they would say Lulav can be Mina Asui. We don't have to compare Lulav to Sukkah. And so the, the love can be made on its own, and that's why it's okay. Um, and the one should be Shimon Ben Yosadak, who says it's no good. He says that we do make, make a comparison, and just like Sukkah has to be so to Allah has to be so really, um, everyone can agree with Shimuel. That's one, or we can go the other way. Or maybe everybody agrees that you're going to learn Lulav from Sukkah. And if you require tying them together, then yes, you're going to require making it actively. But one says, you need to tie them together. The other says, no, they can all be loose. You just hold them like the etrog. We don't tie it together. So you can just hold them together. Right, there's another in the machloket about this, and that will match up. And one says, whether it's tied together with the other branches or not, it's fine. And it says that they do have to be all tied together. So why does the Biuda say they have to be tied together? Where did we get this from? We're going to learn it from Pesach, the Korban Pesach. Uh, you have to take Ezov to sprinkle, the, to put the blood on the doorpost. And so that has to be a group that's tied together of, of myrtle. And so to just like there, you have to take it, uh, tie it together. So to you have to tie it together. That's really, really cool, actually, comparing Pesach to, to, to Sukkot. No, they're two different takings. They're not, they're not the same, and you don't compare them, and that's why you don't. So how do we apply this to, to here? Um, the last paragraph. We're going to say, this baraita, who does it follow? Who of these two? Yeah, just by the way, right? So we just said that one says you have to tie it together. One says, tie it together. One says you don't have to tie it together. So that would explain the uh, the reason why if you pull off the pull off the berries later, if you don't have to tie it together, then there's no problem of pulling off the berries, right? Because they don't have to be tied together anyway. So there's no concept of making it in the first place. Okay. So last point. This Braita, who does it follow? You have to tie it together, and if you didn't. It's okay. Well, which one is it? If it's a biuda and, and it says, if you didn't tie them together, it's okay. The biuda wouldn't agree with that. He would say, even you have to tie them together. You learned it from the pasuk. It's a misvat deoraita. It's necessary. If you follow the banan, why would they say it's misvat to tie them together? The banan say you don't have to tie them together at all. They don't think it matters at all. So, Rabbanan are not learning it from, from the, the, the Likicha, uh, so therefore it's not a mitzvah de oraita compared to that, that you have to do it, but rather in general, whenever you do mitzvot, you should do it in a beautiful way. And if you're holding them each separately, each one's falling out, they're all crooked, it's not a nice way. You tie them together, make it beautiful, make, bring a nice case, um, and, uh, and beautify Hashem with mitzvot, that is, the, that is the best way to do a mitzvah. Therefore, it's a, it's a mitzvah. But if you didn't do it, it's still okay. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.